On May 17, 2019, 18-year-old Angel Granadas Diaz brought a loaded gun into Park Rose High School in Portland, Oregon. Distraught over a breakup with his girlfriend, he prepared to take his own life. There was a note pinned to his clothes leaving instructions on cremation and what it would cost. Keenan Lowe, the football and track coach, and also a security guard, had been called to a classroom earlier to escort a student to the counseling office and was in the classroom less than a minute before Granada Diaz walked in. A pretty crazy situation, Lowe said. In a fraction of a second, I analyzed everything really fast. I saw the look in his face, look in his eyes, looked at the gun, realized it was a real gun, and then my instincts just took over. He disarmed the student, and instead of pinning him down, Lowe hugged him. Instead of yelling at him, Lowe comforted him. He looked into Granados Diaz's eyes and didn't see evil. It wasn't in me to beat him up or hold him down or hurt him, even though it was seconds after this crazy thing happened, Lowe said. I felt his vibe. I felt how scared he was. I felt it all. I'll never forget the conversation I had with him. I told him I cared about him, that people care about him. He was really surprised. He said, you do? I said, yep, I just met you and I care about you. It is going to be okay. When the universe knocks, you've got to answer it, said Lowe. The universe is going to test you. You've got to answer those tests. From God's will, this ended up well. We are in the headlines, but it wasn't a tragedy, and I'm thankful for that. Granadas Diaz spent five months in jail, released on probation last month, and is receiving mental health services. Reading this story and watching the video brought me to remember one just like it. On August 20th, 2013, 20-year-old Michael Brandon Hill slipped in behind a parent who had buzzed in ahead of him and entered the Ronald E. McNair Learning Academy, a private school with 820 children, ages 5 to 11, in Decatur, Georgia. He carried an AK-47 with 500 rounds of bullets. He was mentally ill and had not taken his medication because his Medicaid had expired and his attempts to get help had been futile. Antoinette Tuff, the school bookkeeper who usually sat in the back office on this particular day, was sitting in the, at the secretary's desk when he came in. One of the office staff called 911 when they saw the gun. In an interview with Channel 12 News, a local station in Decatur, Georgia, Antoinette said he looked like he was going to kill. He said he had no reason to live and he was going to die today. He told her to get on the intercom and tell everyone to lock down and that he was not playing. When the cafeteria manager came in the office, the gunman shot at the floor and the bullets ricocheted in the wall. He wanted to prove to them he was not playing. The cafeteria manager started holding his chest, and when Michael saw that, he told him to go. Then Michael went outside and shot at the police, and they shot back. He came back and reloaded his gun. As Antoinette watched him reload the magazine, she started praying. 
She called him back to stay with her when he tried to leave again because she knew that if he went into the hall, he would start shooting the children. I told him that the bullets don't have a name on it and the police would kill him and her. When the reporter asked Antoinette what did she say to him to keep him from going back out, she said, I started telling him my story about how rough it was for me and that things were getting better. I told him I had a multiple disabled child. I told him I'd just gone through a divorce after 33 years of marriage to a man I'd known since I was 13, and I, never, I felt like nobody loved me. I told him I tried to commit suicide, but I was still here and things were getting better. I told him that life gives you some turns, but you get through it. That is when he told her he did not take his medicine and he was going to die because he had already started shooting at the police. Antoinette told him he did not have to die because he had not hurt anyone. She told him she would tell the police he had not hurt any, her or anyone. What were you thinking, the reporter asked. To be honest with you, she said, my pastor had just started teaching on anchoring, anchoring in the Lord. I started praying, and that is when I realized this was bigger than me. I saw myself and my kids and the 800 kids and staff, and I knew I needed to keep them safe. Hebrews 6, 19 through 20 says, we have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain, where Jesus, a forerunner on our behalf, has entered, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Hope is to us like the anchor is to a boat. An anchor holds the boat steady and at rest. It goes down in the water to the seabed. There it is firm and will not move. Our hope holds us firm. With hope, we can have a quiet heart even when there are troubles all around us. It reaches to the holy place where God is. It goes into that place where God has gone just as our chief priest. He went there for us. He is there as our agent before God. My hope is anchored in the Lord as a gospel song written by Douglas Miller. Some of the parts of the verses are, I realize that sometimes in this life, you're gonna be tossed by waves and the currents that seem so fierce. But in the word of God, I've got an anchor and it keeps me steadfast and unmovable despite the tide. But if the storms don't cease and in case the wind keeps blowing on in my life, my soul is anchored in the Lord. Billows may roll, the breakers may dash, I shall not sway because he holds me fast. So dark the day, clouds in the sky, I know it's all right because Jesus is nigh. My soul is anchored in the Lord. He was a hurting young man, Antoinette continued. So I started telling him my life story and what was going on with me. I told him about my legally blind and hearing impaired son, about my divorce and my loneliness. He said he had no reason to live. No one loved him. I told him I loved him. I told him it was going to be okay and he could give himself up. Was he listening to your story, the reporter asked? Yes, he called someone in his family. 
I didn't know who it was he was talking to, but they were crying. And I asked to speak to them and tell them that he was okay, I was okay, we were gonna be okay, and everything was going to be all right. But he hung up. He said it was not gonna be all right because he had started shooting and there was nothing I could do. Then I told him to stay with me so the police would not hurt him. I convinced him to put the guns and all the ammunition on the table and lie down with his hands behind his back. I told him, do not be alarmed, that he did not need guns because they were not going to shoot him. I told him I would stay behind the desk so they could see I'm okay and you didn't harm me. And then the reporter asked, why do you think he listened to you? It wasn't anybody but God, she said. I can't put that on myself. I was praying hard. I don't know why, because when he first came in, he wasn't listening. He would not even tell me his name. Finally, he told me, and I told him that his name was my mother's maiden name and we could be family. His response was, oh. <laughs> then he said, you know, I have been here before with a band and I played. Antoinette admitted that she did not remember the band coming or that he played, but she told him he had done a good job. <laughs> then she said he started opening up and said he had not been taking his meds and he was sorry and to tell everybody he was sorry. So she got on the intercom and told them he was sorry, but don't come out of the rooms. You are a hero today, the reporter said. You kept it together. Antoinette responded, I give it all to God. I am not a hero. I was terrified. I don't know how, but I did it through his grace and mercy. I give it all to God. Are you going to work tomorrow? The reporter asked. Yes, she said. I'll probably be there. Nothing like the babies. Yes, I'll be back sitting in that same seat blessing the next person. On Sunday, she, turned, she returned to the Way, the Truth, and the Life Christian Center a non-denominational church in Decatur, Georgia, that had anchored her for more than a decade. They celebrated the way she looked death in the eye and didn't flinch, the way her character forced a potential tragedy to end in peace. You're not going to know about the solidity of a relationship until God orders your steps into what is called madness, said Apostle Ulysses Tuff in the Sunday sermon. Antoinette had a way to escape. She was given a way to escape. She could have said, yes, Lord, thank you. But that didn't show she was anchored. Apostle Tuff said, because when God calls you out on an assignment, you must finish the assignment even if it requires your death. We bless Antoinette for showing Jesus because Jesus can't be seen until there is someone human who can show him. Repetition Going through scripture slowly, deliberately, grows deep roots in faith, said Forrest Tuff, son of the pastor. That way, when things go bad, you know better what to do. Apostle Tuff takes his time to continue teaching you to anchor you in the fundamentals of Christianity, to love your fellow man. Forrest Tuff says sometimes he'll spend three sermons on one chapter in the Bible. One of his most fundamental lessons is perseverance. In order to grow closer to Christ, you must endure, Tuff says. You must persevere. Antoinette said that the most frightening moment of the Tuesday ordeal was seeing was watching Hill reload. She said she got through it by reminding herself to push past the pain. 
Her aunt, Apostle Tuff's wife, taught her that. But her aunt said her, her hero niece had another quality, all her own, that made all the difference. Compassion is not taught. It is, said co-pastor Deborah Tuff. It comes from God. You have to have it on the inside of you to be able to show it. You can't teach a person to love. It has to be there. And even though voices were talking to this man in his head, she reached down and touched his heart. Anderson Cooper was in awe of Antoinette Tuff. You could see it in his face and demeanor as he interviewed her on his show, devoting an hour to the interview, because he said, we get so many complaints on only doing negative news, we want to devote this time for positive news. So some of us would call that good news. <laughs> you are a hero. How did you remain so calm, was his first question. Her response, I was praying on the inside. I was terrified, but I knew I had to be calm. My pastor had started a teaching about being anchored in the Lord. When you don't allow the cares of the world to overwhelm you, you are rooted and grounded in the word and you don't let the situations of the world dictate your actions. I didn't know I had it in me, but God has a way of showing what is really in you. Listening to the segments on the 911 tape, Cooper comments on her kindness and compassion. I felt sorry for him, she said. He wasn't on his medication and he should have been in the hospital. If it wasn't for God's grace and mercy, it could have been me. God put people in my path to help me through. He needed me to help him and God put me there to give him hope. If I didn't let him see what we need to do by telling my story, it would be hopeless for him also. You are authentic, replied Anderson Cooper. I owe it to my pastor, she answered. He taught us how to deal with people in desperate situations, how to pray, and we practiced it at church. All I was doing was carrying out what I was taught every Sunday and Wednesday. And you feel compassion for him, he asked. Yes, she answered, I would like to go back and visit him. I would like to maintain contact with him, see how he's doing, and not end the relationship because, there because it be, it's beyond what he sees. He's a hurting soul. If there is any way I can help him get on the right path, we all go through something. I believe God gives us a purpose in life, and I believe he has a purpose and destiny for that young man also. I have been through hell and back, and I promised God on New Year's Eve 2012, if he allowed me to live in 2013, it would be heaven for me. All that I went through was all for that one perfect day, and that was to save that young man's life and make sure that 800 kids and staff know that God is real and those who don't believe they were able to see God in action. If I don't do anything else, I know God was seen that day. My co-pastor Deborah Tuff taught at a woman's retreat, sometimes you have to push past the pain. In spite of what adversaries or the obstacles you go through in life, just, just continue to push and everything will be okay. In conclusion, Anderson Cooper asked her, what do you want people to know? God is real. It wasn't me. It wasn't. I helped somebody in need. God was able to use me, 
and it was an honor to be able to be used. I was in the right place. God needed me to be there to be a vessel for him. The key was that everybody was safe and could go home to their families, and God did it all. Before that fateful day, as a way to give back to the community after surviving hell and back, Antoinette started a nonprofit for the babies, Kids on the Move for Success. It was a motor coach business and travel agency for kids. The mission is to provide inner city kids the opportunity to see the world. She believes that travel opens eyes and options for children. If you change their vision, she says, you can change their lives. James 1, 25 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. At the end of the show, Anderson Cooper announced the GoFundMe account Antoinette had set up before August 20th. She had asked for $1,500 in donations. Anderson Cooper smiled at her and said, I think you will get more than that. <laughs> when I checked nine days after his show, it was $109,848 donated by 223 people, and I was one of them. There were 6,000 Facebook shares and 1,400 Twitter shares. There were 188 comments, some people volunteering their expertise as travel agents, and one woman offered her husband's expertise as an airplane pilot. Another said she was going to ask her organization to put her in the budget. Pre President Obama called her and thanked her for her courage just before she went on the Anderson Cooper show. As an update, in 2014, her book, Prepared for a Purpose, was published. The movie, Faith Under Fire, starring Tony Braxton, was released in January of 2018. She is a sought-after speaker on school violence. She has a blog. Kids on the Move is, uh, for Success is thriving. You need to check out her website, AntoinetteTuff.com. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Jesus has a mission for each of us. As his disciples, he sends us to go forth and be about the business of curing the sick and raising the dead, of bringing new life to the outcast, of having authority over that which would be, hold us bondage. And he sends us with authority to be radical, knowing that never again will we be the same, for we will discover the depths of new life as we surrender life as we know it as we risk giving up all that we would hold dear and move forward, allowing ourselves to go through a radical reorientation of our perception, our persecution, our perception of peace, our purpose for life, knowing that in the end, new life will be ours. Not all of us are called to, to, risk, to the risk or reward of Antoinette Tough or Keenan Lowe, but the actions beg many questions. What risk have we not taken? What risk do we need to take? 
Can we pray on the inside and be terrified at the same time, listening for direction from God in the midst of it all? Are we anchored in the word? Have we tried to commit suicide and have people come into your life and give you hope? Can we share the story of struggle and vulnerability to give someone hope and encouragement? Could we promise God if God brings us out of hell, the next year of your life will be heaven? Can we look past the behavior and see the pain and the loneliness of being unloved underneath and say, I love you. I care about you. Everything's going to be all right. Can we be used as vessels so, God can, so people can see God in action? Can we push past the pain? As we prepare ourselves for communion, I ask that you think about these questions and also remember that Jesus pushed past the pain for us. The pain of being misunderstood, of being betrayed, of being charged for a crime he didn't commit, the pain of being abandoned by his supporters, the pain of being physically tortured and humiliated, the pain of dying on the cross. Jesus pushed past the pain because he saw our loneliness and our lack of love. He pushed past the pain so he could give us hope and a new life. He pushed past the pain to give us a purpose and a destiny. He pushed past the pain so people like Antoinette Tuff and Keenan Lowe could remind us how much he loves us and that everything is going to be all right. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, it's not easy doing what you've asked us to do, but because you go with us, we dare to submit ourselves to your work in our lives. We thank you for Keenan Lowe and Antoinette Tuff. We thank you for preparing Antoinette and Keenan to witness for you and remind us in a very tangible way that you are real, but you can't be seen until there is someone human who can show you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which allows us to have courage to stand firm, to die to ourselves, to rise to you and do the work you have called us to do. We thank you, God, for sending your son to save us and redeem us. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, the living and resurrected Lord. Amen. Amen.